Ramsey Network, this is The Ramsey Show, where we help you get control of your money, get ahead in your career, and get on the path to living well. I'm George Campbell, joined today by Ken Coleman, and we are taking your calls about work, life, money, relationships, career, switching jobs, switching homes, you name it, we are here for you. 888-825-5225. Joe kicks us off this hour. He's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Joe. Welcome to the show, I think. Let's see if I can get to him. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you doing today? How can we help? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, I I have a financial question. I recently got married, and, um, you know, the my situation has been it's a little more complex um, with uh, my wife's situation now, and I just wanted uh, your direction on uh, what we might do about it. Okay. Lay out the picture for us. So. She has a substantial amount of student loan debt, and she paid off thirty thousand last year, and she has about one hundred fifty left. I don't have any debt other than my truck. Um, she has a car note, um, and I own two multi-unit rental properties, and I'm contemplating selling the one in order to get rid of the, um, you know, the student loan debt. Okay, but they're my babies, and I'm. <laughs> Just calling you for uh, some advice on it. All right. So you got married, and you're sitting there with what's the total debt outside of the rental properties? The two car loans plus the 150k. What does that add up to? It's right around two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. And what is your household income total between you and your wife? It is a little over two hundred. Okay. We got a big shovel. So we've got the pile of debt there, but we can clean this up fairly quickly. What could you sell one of the rentals for? Which one do you like the least, and what could you sell it for, and what would you net? Um, I could sell sell the one and make a round seventy on it. Okay, so you'd make seventy net on one of them. Mm-hmm. And what where would you put that towards? Knock out the car loans. Um. Well, sure. She's a couple private loans that are. And this is why I want to do this is because the interest rates are kind of crazy on them. What's the interest like rate? Over 10%. Over 10% crazy. Ouch. And yeah. what's the other rental worth if you sold that one? Um, that is the one we're actually living in. That's probably got about you know 40000 of equity. Okay. After commissions and everything. And that's your primary residence right now. So we got it. Yeah. we're hanging on to that one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what are the cars worth? Um, she has a, it's a brand new, um, Prius. Um, so it's probably worth what she has into it. Um, and my trucks basically work worth about what I have into it or on it, I should say. Okay. So what could, let's say you sold both cars. It'd be a wash. You'd get rid of the debt. Get rid of um, about 50,000 of debt. Yeah. How much money do you have in savings? Just in liquid cash between you guys. Um, we really don't have, um, anything. I just put some money into one of the rentals. So that was all of our cash. So you got nothing in the bank right now. We have, you know, a couple grand. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, I'm selling the rental if I'm you, cause this is a, if you want to not make this a slog, cause right now, how much money could you even put towards the debt every month or every year? I mean, well, like I said, with her income alone, she put 30,000 towards it. So you could do another thirty. Then we paid for a wedding as well. So, so at this point, this is a you know a five like, year journey. If you were putting sixty k, 
maybe mm-hmm. 40, 50K a year. I mean, this is a long time. So I want to speed this up yeah. to where you can do this in two years. And that means making yeah. some sacrifices, which means I'm probably, I'm definitely selling the rental. Yeah. I might look at selling the cars. Well, let's walk through that. So he makes 70000 we hope, or maybe a little less realtor, realtor fees there. So then where where does he put the where would you have him I'm going to list these debts out smallest to largest. I know you've got the high interest rate student loans, but I think the progress that you're going to feel freeing up those payments as you knock out those small debts, that's going to give you the the boost you need to make it through this journey. Yeah, but George, I, I want to get specific for a second. Can I can I do yeah. that? You're the, you're the expert. You like let's get nerdy, Ken. All right. So so he sells the rental uh, and, and Joe, give us a, a round number. What do you think you actually walk away with after the realtor fees and everything? What's in your pocket once you sell that real that uh, that house, the rental? That, that's realistically between you know sixty and seventy. Okay, so let's let's split the difference. Say sixty five. All right, you got the two cars. That's an enormous. What are your car payments a month between those two new cars or r- roughly new cars? It's right around a thousand a month. Oh, Woo! baby! So George, so if you sold the cars today, you just freed up a thousand a month. To go towards well, the debt. Well, I take the cash from the rental, all right, and I buy two cheaper cars. Now, this is going to be painful, Joe. You're not going to like this, but I'm giving you an option. But let's say you buy two $10,000 cars short term. Yep. Short term, this is just to kind of speed everything up. Or even if you spent thirty on cars, two $15,000 cash cars. Okay. All right? So, Georgie's got about thirty-five cash left. Yep. But we've gotten rid of... The debt on the rental, and we've gotten rid of the debt on two cars. We've taken a huge chunk out of this, and we still have $35,000 to put towards the snowball. What's the payment on that rental? Um, it's actually dirt cheap. It's um, 350 a month. Okay, so now we have 1350 though, back in your life to throw with these other debts. You see what we're doing yeah. here? And this is food for thought. Would it be worth, you know... Not throwing the twenty. If we were putting twenty thousand dollars towards the cars, the used cars, would that be worth it? Even though these interest rates are so high, we would kind of like. I guess we would. We wouldn't knock out that twenty thousand dollars worth of the student loan, and then we'd be getting hit with the ten percent interest. Well, you're staring at the student loan, but I'm looking at thirteen fifty in payments we can free up. Yeah. yeah. We just we just added $1300 to your budget. So how quickly can we knock we out eliminated. those two loans? Yeah. So I like Ken's plan. Okay. I'm selling the rental with the 65 you make. We're going to uh, buy some reasonable cars. Yeah. Let's say 30 grand worth of car, leaving with 35, freeing up the rental payment, freeing up the car payments to now throw at the remaining 150 in student loan debt. Okay. And with some sacrifices and making 200 grand, now we're talking, we can do this in less than two years. Yeah, this is a scalable mountain, but uh, Joe, I I think you need these dramatic moves to speed this up, or else this is a a much longer slog. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. you you guys with the income, and, and then we're not even talking about your income potential down the line as you guys grow in your career. Oh, yeah. So, And now is not the time to be doing math. The time to be doing math was when we didn't go into $200,000 of debt. So Ooh. let's focus on behavior mm-hmm. right now and changing the way that we look at money and looking at our future as a newlywed couple going, where do we want to be five years from now? Do we still want to be climbing out of this mountain of debt? Or do we want to be completely debt-free, making two hundred grand a year more at that point? And we can really start living our life. Yeah. So that's what we want for you. And you can get another rental later. We can get a Prius later. They'll still exist. They're out there. 
But right now, let's be about the business of cleaning up this mess so we can utilize our greatest wealth-building tool, our income. Appreciate the call, Joe. We're cheering you on, man. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. This is The Ramsey Show. certain world, being a good steward of your money is more important than ever. While some circumstances can't be controlled, there are items within your budget you can take charge of, such as your health care costs. For nearly 40 years, Christian Healthcare Ministries, or CHM, has provided a budget-friendly means of sharing for medical bills when our members need it. Learn more by visiting chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Christian Healthcare Ministries is a Ramsey-trusted provider. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, Ramsey personality and host of The Fine Print, joined by my fellow Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman, and host of The Ken Coleman Show. We're taking your calls this hour, 888 All right, Ken, occasionally uh, people send me things on yeah. the internet, yeah. and when enough people send me the same thing, I go, all right, I think we need to talk about this. And you love a good headline, and this one caught my attention. Here it is. You ready for it? I'm ready. Let's go. BMW heated seat subscription is real, and it costs $18 a month. What? Get this. Here's the article from uh, MotorOne.com. We've been warned about how subscriptions could become the automotive equivalent of a video game's downloadable content. We're beginning to see some more examples. On its connected drive store in South Korea, BMW owners can pay a monthly fee to have a creature comfort such as heated seats. It costs 24,000 won, or approximately $18 at current exchange rates. Alternatively, you can get a one-year plan for $176 or a three-year subscription for $283. A similar subscription plan is offered for heated steering wheel, and it costs $10 a month. Okay, I got questions. You understand what's happening here? Well, I don't think I do, because if you're paying for the heated seats, and so let's say I sign up for this nonsense, because first of all, I think it's nonsensical. It's ridiculous. All right, but let's say I pay for it, all right? What happens if I'm if I'm delinquent? Like I, like I don't take the library book back. Oh. How are they turning the heat off in the seats? Is it something? It's all software. It's all it's software. So they send a code. Ken is current, and then I can uh, have toasted. And buns. it activates your toasted buns feature. There oh, you go. Oh, okay. So uh, that, that's what I see. I was trying to figure out how do they activate the heater. Uh, this is a horrible idea. It continues on. You want wireless Apple CarPlay? That'll be $305. One of the most unusual items found in the BMW Connected Drive Store is called Iconic Sound Sport. It essentially plays fake engine noises through the car speakers should you be willing to pay $138 to have the feature permanently. Is this officially only in South Korea, or is this... It sounds like it's starting in South Korea, okay. but I can see this nope. taking a no, taking let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. No way this lives in America. No I'm, American is I'm, willing to pay for that. I'm willing to put a fun bet on this. I, I think that it is ludicrous. I don't think Americans will do it. I think they'll just say, you know, forget it. I'm not doing it. Like every other car, for crying out loud, like Kia. And like, well, there's here's no an crappy example. cars anymore. Everybody's got the heated seats. Sure. 
But for example, Tesla, self-driving, it oh, exists. Geez. The functionality is there, but you got to pay to activate it. A Peloton, you buy a Peloton, well, you got to pay the fifty dollars subscription fee if you want access to all the content in the screen on the Peloton. Yeah, but when every other car on the market's got heated seats, unless you're driving something past a certain age, I think this is going to hurt BMW. It's going to hurt brand. BMW. It'll never fly here. It's ridiculous, and don't be sucked into this. I you mean, heard it here first. Sit on a blanket. What's happening is companies are getting away with this whole digital subscription, monthly fee type service I, I get, so they can make more money. Okay, let me say this. If you are in any type of business, if you can find a way to come up with subscription revenue, it is smart. I do believe that it is uh, absolutely the but future. This is, is not now, the way to do it. But not To this. nickel and dime for every feature. Uh, I'll tell you what I would... So if I'm BMW and I'm trying to get subscription revenue... This is uh, free advice, BMW, if you're listening. Yeah, I would be coming up with uh, exclusive content. So BMW, they got some money, they got some relationships, so maybe they go to... They go to uh, uh, who's a popular band right now? Uh, you know these things. Or Harry Styles. It, you, oh, jeez. Big Harry, Harry Styles. So, so then... Yeah, but you got to think of the BMW driver. They don't care about Harry Styles. What did they Styles? listen to? Frank Sinatra or something. I oh, don't know. Gosh. Anyway, the point is, I'd be coming up with unique content that is only available through BMW oh, uh, listeners. There's or an idea. So if you want subscription, I can't even believe I'm doing the work for BMW. This is brilliant. Free consulting from Ken Coleman today. Anyway, it's not heated seats. Well, I want people to pay attention to their money, and this is just not a good use of it. Go find you a car that has built-in heated seats. Instead of you paying for it forever in perpetuity. You know what my dad did for heated seats? What did he do? He went and started the car about 15 minutes early. On there you go. cold days. I mean, Old what, school. I mean, come on. Go start the car. You got to hustle out there. It's a little abrupt the first time you get in there, but you fire the car up, you turn the heat on, and guess what? The whole car's heated. These Novel are some, concepts. Some first world luxuries we have, Ken. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, Back in your day, when you had to walk uphill both ways, you could get respiratory arrest just doing that. What do you think? I'm 70, George? I don't know. Come on. All right. Gen X is a confusing generation. All right. Let's help Zach. He's right. Zach is on the line in Atlanta, Georgia. He regrets the seven minutes we just took up with that. (laughs) Zach, how (laughs) you doing, man? He's never going to get that part of his life (laughs) back. He'll never get it back. How can we help today, Zach? Hey, I'm not going to be buying a BMW. I can tell you that. Thank you. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Another person helped. Where's the tote board? Hey. (laughs) What's going on with you? Um, so I'm 37. I'm a single dad. Uh, my income is, my gross income is 104. Um, and I don't have any debt except my mortgage, which I'm currently paying $500 a month extra towards. I'm trying to pay my house off early. Cool. Um, after all my other bills and ties, that leaves me about $1,500 left over or 2000 if I don't make any extra mortgage payment. And I've got about 5000 saved up in an emergency fund. I'm putting, I did all the baby steps up to um, and including step four. So I'm all caught up there. Um, I was just recently divorced. Um, During the divorce, I worked a side job uh, or multiple side jobs to pay off $70,000 of marital debt, um, the support for the divorce and legal fees. Um, My ex-wife decided she wanted to keep our marital residence. And um, I was already out of the house, of course, because of the divorce. So I agreed to that, even though the mortgage was in my name only. Oh, boy. So the she didn't refinance in her name. name? Well, see, that's the thing. Um, in the court order, that was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen. And um, well, about legally, a year later, it, has to happen. it still hasn't happened. Agreed. So um, the issue is that uh, 
it can't happen. And so I have this house stuck in my name um, because she's not able to get a loan for it. The house needs some work before it'll be, it'll pass any kind of inspection. We bought it as a foreclosure fixer upper. And uh, we got about halfway through the renovation work before uh, the divorce occurred. So I have this, um, I have this issue and there is still a little bit of legal stuff pending on exactly how it's going to play out. But I have the expectation uh, I'm willing to take this house because um, we owe or I owe in my name, 178 K on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the appraisal um, based on the, uh, the mortgage company and the comps in the area that they say it's worth um, over 400. Whoa. But it needs, it needs work. To yeah. Get it there. I, I'm thinking that too. So it needs some work to get it there. Um, I just started building up my emergency fund and had a bunch of things go on this year that kind of um, emergencies that kind of dipped into that. So I don't really have a lot of liquid cash to, I don't have an, any really to dump into this house. Um, Not right now. So, yeah, that's but where you, I'm at. you have two grand of margin a month that you could start socking away in the savings account to cash flow these repairs and renovations. Correct. Okay. Then but that's I what I'm going to do. Still, I'd have to pay both mortgage payments. Because you're paying the one on your, on your own currently, but also on hers that she's living in. Is she paying the mortgage? Right now she is um, because she is still, uh, still technically living there, um, but uh, she's not physically living there. Very confusing. She's staying okay. somewhere else. Okay. Yes, it is very confusing. Well, we need to get down to the, the legal brass tacks of when is she getting out and what does the financial piece look like when you sell it? Because she's not going to, you know, once she's gone, you're going to do these repairs and sell it, right? That's what I would like to do. Um, Does if she I get can, proceeds from the sale it. as part of the agreement? That's that's what we're trying to figure out. So yeah, the, uh, here's, the, here's the problem, Zach. Uh, you don't have the cash yeah. to fix this house up, and you won't have it anytime soon. It's going to take a lot uh, to fix this thing up to be able to sell it for over four hundred thousand. I'm going to see what I can get as is for it, yeah. and make sure you know if the renovations are twenty k and it's only going to appreciate by 15, then it's not worth doing the renovations. So I would work with a realtor, see what you could get for it as is in this market, and maybe go down that path. But before you do that, I want to make sure that what you're doing is going to be worth it financially because of this divorce. This is real messy. So I'd talk with an attorney. I'd work with a real estate agent and start doing that homework. But, man, we got to clean this up ASAP. Wishing the best for you, man. This is The Ramsey Show. sitting right next to someone, but you feel a thousand miles apart, some of you might be feeling that way right now. I am, and this is a little awkward to admit that, George. Ken, two, two seconds away, but Ken's on his phone. He's distracted. Slide over. Ken is not connecting. That's the problem. We've got to put our phones down. We've substituted deep and meaningful conversations from binge-watching Netflix and scrolling social media. And you guys deserve better relationships, and that means having better conversations. 
That's why our friend, mental health expert, Dr. John Deloney, created Questions for Humans. These are conversation starters that will help you disconnect from screens and actually connect and have fun with the people you care about. So we launched the first edition of these cards a few months back, and they went gangbusters, flying off the shelves. So you guys have asked for more topics. We took the hint. We've got new ones for you. Girls' night, guys' night, dating, parents and teens, and workplace editions have been added to the lineup, and all of them will get you spending time laughing together, learning something unexpected, and building deeper and stronger relationships. So go ahead and pick up one, two, three of our new Questions for Humans conversation starters and start having fun together. You can find those at RamseySolutions.com. i got to talk to John and the team. I got an idea while you were talking about that. I think, oh, yeah? I think it would be a good one. I mean, they got a million of these things. So oh, they're, yeah. They're clearly looking for ideas. What do you got? Uh, elevator edition. Oh, yeah, you know, elevator you, conversations you know, yeah, are you, very awkward. You get in an elevator, a bunch of, you know, you're in an office building and it's just the awkward silence. You just go, where are you headed? Oh, floor four. Good yeah. floor. And I think I think they need to, you need one of those because people aren't expecting that one. And well, you and throw one out in the elevator and then everybody's friends. We're all facing the door. You yeah. can't sit there and stare at the person yeah. in front of you. That's awkward. Right. And then, it feels weird to have a conversation with someone yeah. behind you. And then there's the half-full elevator, and then you're the one person hopping on at floor number 15, and you're going up to 28. Do you get and on you or feel do you like, You feel awkward. You're, you're breaking in on the party. So I feel like this could this have some legs. This feels like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Bring it back, Jerry. Bring it back. All right, let's go. Matthew, Anyways. Uh, what are we doing We've next? got our Blinds.com oh, question I of love, the day. Oh, I love Blinds.com. Yeah, their 100% oh. satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, they will remake your blinds for free. You get free samples, free shipping. With the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Just use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Matt in Iowa. I have a new job opportunity, but I'm extremely nervous to take the job because it is a management position. I've had leadership roles in the past, but this is my first opportunity for management. A little confused by that statement. We'll break it down momentarily. I'm 34, and I still don't know if I'm ready for the job because it's for a company that's similar, but their terms for items are very different than what I'm used to using. Am I crazy to take the position, or should I stay at my 9 to 5 in a field I'm more comfortable with? I There's a lot going on here, Matt, and I uh, I don't think you're ready to take this position for a multitude of reasons. Um You've had leadership roles in the past, but this is my first opportunity for management. I truly don't understand that. Um, leadership assumes that you are leading people. Yeah, and, and thus management. Um, but here's what I'm seeing is, is the real red flag. Um, it's a company that you said is similar to what you've done in the past, but their terms for items are very different. And I think what's going on here is a lot of over uh, overthinking going on. And so I don't know if you're ready, and I think what you've got to do is is this might be something that you reach out to some people that work in that company and, and get to the bottom of maybe the language, but they're going to teach you the terminology or you're going to adapt to the language. So um, I'd be talking to people that work in the company and get a good feel for is it a good culture? Because if it's a healthy culture, um, I wouldn't be worried about uh, learning new languages, if you will, uh, or business terms. That's going to take care of itself if it's a healthy place because they're going to really onboard you well and, and they're going to care for you. Um, I think the big issue, and he doesn't ask this, George, but I'm seeing something in the data where uh, we're seeing a lot of managers change jobs in this so-called great resignation. And one of the things I was reading an article, a Harvard Business Review article about this, is because here's what happens when, when companies see a high performer. 
Okay, They see a high performer, and they're not in a leadership role or management role, but they're doing a really good job. And so we want to reward them, right? And so there are, are really two ways to reward people uh, traditionally, which is, okay, we're going to give you a raise, and we're going to give you promotion, more responsibility. But there is a critical error that, haps, that happens when you just assume, well, George is really good at social media, and now we're going to move George into a leadership leading other people in social media. Well, here's the deal. You may or not may or may not really enjoy the role of leadership. Oh, you can teach leadership. You can teach good management to people. But if they don't enjoy it, it's not something that they you know uh, look forward to and to be put in that role. Uh, or maybe they don't have a great skill set for that particular type of leadership role. Then it ends up going bad for everybody. Yeah. The person you've promoted into the leadership role doesn't feel like it's a fit. It becomes obvious. And now we've got a problem because we've rewarded a high performer who performed well in this seat of the bus, but's not performing well in this seat of the bus. And a lot of companies are doing this. And so if you are in that position and you're facing a potential promotion and you go, I- I'm not sure, really dive into it. Look into it. What does the role require? Am I wired for this? First and foremost, do I love this type of work? the majority of my day? Does it produce results that I really care about? Uh, And that's why we developed the Get Clear Career Assessment, to be able to look at that kind of thing. Do I love the work, and does the work create results that matter? So in this situation, Matt, that's what you've got to be doing. You've got some flags, some red flags on your own. Dive into it deep uh, to, to, to be able to see, is this fear, is it warranted? Yeah, I go... Is this doubt? Is this imposter syndrome? Because if it's that, we can learn. We can grow some confidence. That's but if the red flags are pointing to, this ain't it for me, yeah. that's okay, too. Yeah. But like you're saying, a, a great salesperson gets promoted to lead a sales team and coach them. Yeah. Well, they may just love sales and talking with people on the other side. Yeah. They may not want to coach salespeople. Right. And you got to be able to parse those yeah. out and have that self-awareness. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for the question. Matthew joins us up next in Queens. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys? Great. How can we help today? Thank you for taking my call, Jordan. I appreciate it. Yeah. So me and my wife were just introduced about three months ago to uh, to Dave Ramsey. And um, by the way, I'm a little nervous, so just bear with me here. You're doing great. And and we have a little bit of a dilemma here, and we're trying to see what's the best way of going about it. Um, We're currently in baby step two, um, aggressively paying back all our consumer debt. But um, after the consumer debt, I have these student loans that's about 200 grand that I have to start paying back as of September 1st. And um, I'm a government employee and I qualify for the public service loan forgiveness as of 2025. So I have a little bit, a little bit under three years or three years to qualify for the loan forgiveness. So my question is, after baby step two with the consumer debt, should I snowball into the into the student loans or should i take that time and go into baby step three or and have faith for the for the public loan forgiveness or what should i do in terms of you know putting all my eggs in that basket so you're telling me in three years you'll qualify as in they will forgive the remainder of all loans three years from now all 200k exactly yeah exactly all my federal student loans which equivalent to two hundred thousand. If if I when I qualify, which will be in three years, yeah, because I'll be the 120 month mark for me. Which is what's your other debt that you have? Uh, I have 39 in credit card debt, unfortunately, Uh, 17k in a car, and just my mortgage, which is 390. Okay. 
Uh, I, I got to ask a quick question, Matthew. Is this a sure. is this is a guarantee? This is actually a, an already existing law or uh, executive order from from the administration. And because you're a federal government employee, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So that that was my question as well. So I called I called them and I because I honestly was thinking the same thing. You are a little bit skeptic about it, and they're telling me that this is true and that I do qualify. After the after the ten year mark, which would be in three years, will be my ten year mark, and then my loans will be forgiven. So far, from the information that I got, everyone that I spoke to, only one person actually passed it and actually got it forgiven. Mm. No one else that I've spoken yeah. to have you know been forgiven. So I don't even know how to approach this. I'm I'm not going to put my hope in it, but I will do a lot of research. And if it's a sure thing, then I'm going to keep socking money away in a savings account. And three years from now, if it's forgiven, you've got a pile of money in your life. And if not, you've got a pile of money to throw at that debt. But I'm not banking on it until i got a real assurance that this is going to go through. Yeah, George, it doesn't pass a smell test to me. There you go. From the mouth of the horse. Our scripture of the day, Jeremiah 9.23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. Anne Frank once said, Human greatness does not lie in wealth or power, but in character and goodness. Love that. Open phones this hour, 888-825-5225. I'm George Camel, joined today by Ken Coleman. Shiloh joins us up next in Dallas, Texas. Shiloh, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. How are you? Great. How can we help today? Um, so I graduated college in December, and I've been on the fence about going and getting my master's in a different field. And so right now I am an executive assistant with uh, my degree in business administrate or business management. And then I'm wanting to get my degree, my master's in, in dietetics and go the registered dietitian route. And so I just don't know if that's like wise choice financially or if I should stay in the business field or what y'all's opinion is. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Shiloh, I don't ever give people advice to just, hey, you know, stay in the safe uh, career this, that just it's a good check it's a it's good benefits uh, because you're going to end up regretting that and you are kicking the tires on the idea of being a dietitian for a reason I'm guessing and especially now so that you're actually out there in the real world having got a degree and and you're in the business world and yet you're still being pulled to being a dietitian and I'm just curious what's pulling you that direction um, I think that's what I always have wanted to do. I went into college as a sophomore, and then um, I was so close to finishing my uh, at, uh, my associate's degree. My parents were like, just finish that in business, and then maybe think about it. Well, then COVID hit, and I was taking summer classes. So I graduated college in two and a half years, and so I never really stopped to think about redirecting. Mm-hmm. Um but that's always still been what I wanted to do. Okay, you're going to have to humor me here because I don't know much about you know the dietitian field. Um, how much value is there in a master's degree, or is it an absolute requirement to actually be a dietitian? 
So in 2024, it will be a requirement for all registered dietitians to have a master's degree. And most programs, I found one program where I can only get my, like, I can just get my master's, but most others make you go pretty much have to have a, a bachelor's and a master's to become a registered dietitian. But the one I found is career towards, um, or focused towards career changers. And so it allows you to go in with any, um, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So let me ask you this. So you got, you could beat the 2024 rush, presumably, correct? You could. But, I mean, once you, once 2024 hits, you're going to have to go back and get to your master's. Oh, I see. It's one of those retro. You'd have to go back and get it. Okay, I got it. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yes. All right, tell me this. What no, is it? Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between dietitian and nutritionist? So a nutritionist, you do not have to have a degree, um, and you're probably not going to be uh, – your earnings are – like there's not as good um, – much security in the position because you don't have to have that degree and you can just do trainings. Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, but you have to set for boards and exams to be a registered dietitian and have a degree. Okay. And what is this master's degree going to cost you? It would be around 40000 Okay. And how much cash do you have set aside for that? Um, so I had to take off work and be on medical leave for about three months. And so right now I only have about 1500 in savings. I have a thousand or about 1200 in a Roth IRA and then a thousand in emergency funds. Okay. Um, so, so here's what I'm hearing is that you really want to be a dietitian. There's some, there's some, you've always wanted to be a dietitian. Have you spent any time with a practicing dietitian? Or have you just been so busy with yes. school and work? Okay, so you've done enough research, even shadowing, spending time with them to know this would light my heart on fire. If I just snapped my fingers right now, Shiloh, and you didn't have to get a master's degree, and I could put you in a dietitian role, you feel like, hey, this would be so fulfilling. This would be something that I've always wanted to do. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Uh, I got good news and bad news. The bad news is you don't have the money right now to be able to afford right. the masters. The good news is you will eventually and the dietitian role will still be relevant and still be there. So I think this is a buckle down, go really hard uh, as an you know in in the in the professional world you're making a good salary you've had some health issues and so you need to save up some money but the reality is is that you can save up forty thousand dollars faster than you think you can even with a second job selling stuff you know whatever you got to do here's another idea uh, look for the opportunity to get the cheapest possible master's degree could you find a master's degree in this dietitian field that's less than forty thousand if so do it because here's what I can guarantee you Shiloh your ability to become a dietitian is all based on you, not where you get the master's. Because you're still going to have to sit for the boards, show them the degree, and nobody cares where you went to school. And I want to challenge you, Shiloh. I just did a quick search. And based on my search, dietitians and nutritionists, about the same median salary. Ah, interesting. And so if that re- means I can be a nutritionist and not get the master's degree and not go $40,000 into debt and do the dream faster, that might be an option for you. Okay. And Shiloh, I, George, yeah. thank you for doing that because here's welcome, the thing, Ken. Shiloh. No, seriously, I, I was walking through. I'm glad you did the research. Um, 
what if, Shiloh, you could move from being an executive assistant to be a practicing nutritionist and get paid well and be in a good company or a good situation, and you're saving up, and then if you felt like, okay, to go to the next level or to max out in this area, uh, but at least you're in the field and you're practicing, you got all this experience, and you're saving up money in that field, and then if you really feel like down the road, I want to get that master's, now we can cash flow it. What about that option? Right. That sounds good. I feel good about this already. What do you make as an executive assistant? Um, I'm at 50 right now. Yeah, that's pretty okay. good. I mean, listen, you can work your way up in that if you go with the first option. You know, uh, executive assistants can make as high as six figures. Yeah. In the right place, the right, right. company. So that's, it's, why, that's why I was like, well, is that kind of like silly to go back and no. go a different route when it's not silly. there is... No. I just want you to do we want you to do it the right way at the right place. What I'm saying is you can increase your income as an executive assistant over the next two to three years, which will allow you to make more okay. money if you don't want to go the nutritionist route and you want to do the dietitian route and the masters, what I'm saying is you can grow professionally as an executive assistant. I mean you got a degree in it. Right. I mean I'm just trying to paint a positive picture that you can make really good money. Save up money, invest in your 401k, you have no debt, get out of debt, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then cash flow your way through. You've got options. I just don't want you to go get a a loan for a master's degree. It's not worth it. I'd rather you wait a couple of years than go get the degree, get the job, and be digging out from underneath a mountain of debt. I don't want you to back yourself into a corner where you... You imagine that you only have two options. One is go $40,000 into debt to do yeah. the dream, or the other is stay in a job I don't like forever. Those aren't the options. And so I want you to just expand your horizons and go, hey, what if I could be an executive assistant for a dietitian? That would be cool. I'll get my foot in the door. Proximity principle. Folks. Now I'm in the field I want to be in, and they'll hire you on as you get the education. They might even pay for it. Folks, the, the camel is sharp. Light bulb just went off, Ken. He's sharp. I'm, He's I might go do attention. this. I'm more excited than Shiloh is. <laughs> right, right. I'm pumped. But what Shiloh, do you think about that? Hey, what George said is another really awesome option. You know? Uh, right. You talk about getting yeah. into the field and, and making things happen. I, I love this. So, no debt, right, Shiloh? You're not going to do debt. Not an option. Right. And then we get creative right. and go, if debt's not an option, how are we going to get there? What's the right path yeah. to where we can do this and it's not going to become a nightmare financially? Like Shiloh, thank you so much for calling us. Love the call. Yeah. We're, we're pumped for you. And my wife is an executive assistant. So i got to say, shout out to all the executive assistants yeah. out there. It's very exciting. You can make great money. It's a great role. Very exciting. Hey, that puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to Ken Coleman, my co-host, all the folks in the booth. You, America, will appreciate you. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.